Your imperfections, they make you unique. Nobody is perfect. And people can see when you are wearing a mask. If you own your imperfections while creating video courses, people will love you for that because when they see you, they'll see themselves. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakhiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Why listen to me? A couple of things about myself. In a nutshell, I used to date with the corporate world. I worked for Allianz, I worked for Goldman Sachs, a startup company. Very quickly, I realized it just wasn't for me. So, I quit my last job and I embraced entrepreneurship. I literally fell in love with entrepreneurship. So the reason I feel like this is valuable is because I'm not some trust fund kid. I'm not someone who always had the ability to go, go out there and talk in front of people, right? make videos, speak on a stage. In fact, it used to be very different. I started from zero. In fact, when I started, I was fresh after a breakup. Within one week, I broke up with my ex. It was terrible. It's one of those situations when... You think that the breakup is a good idea, and then one month, two months later, it just hits you with a delay. Right? It usually happens to guys, right? It hits you, and you realize, oh, but I miss her. She's the only one, right? She's the special girl. So I was devastated. So I broke up with my ex. I quit my job, and I moved out of the country where I was living. So it wasn't easy, right? I didn't have much money, but I got started. And the important thing is that I'm not a native English speaker. I'm originally from Poland, so a lot of people say, well, but I'm not American, I'm not British, I'm not Australian. You don't have to be. I've been teaching on Udemy for many years. I made a ton of mistakes, and I'm going to teach you some of those lessons that I've learned. Now, one thing I love about teaching online is this. So these are the people from all over the world that I'm impacting. And the crazy thing is that with today's technology, you can literally do it too. You don't have to wait for years and years. You can get started today. And literally, in a few days from now, you can start impacting people from all over the world. Now, one thing that people don't know about me, and one thing, thing that people um, get confused about when they see me on a stage like this, one on different stages as well, you know, doing AFES, for example, doing all types of corporate gigs, people often look at those pictures or they see me live, and they assume that I was always a confident person, right? They think, oh, this guy was born to be on a stage. It's easy for you, Jimmy because you have what it takes, right? When they see me, for example, with Vision filming the Quest, they say, well, it's easy for you to film a Quest because you seem like an extrovert and it's easy for you. Now, this couldn't be further from the truth. So I'm actually an introvert. I used to suffer from tremendous anxiety. I had panic attacks. I even one time ran away from a stage 12 years ago. I literally went on a stage and like 30 seconds before my speech, I couldn't handle the pressure. My heart was pounding and... I just left, right? I left the stage. So I know how debilitating this feels. So my self-image was that I was a skinny Polish kid, always the outsider. My father's from British Guyana, from South America. So I always felt a bit like I didn't truly belong. I felt that my ears were like an elf, and they still are, but now I appreciate them. You may be wondering, okay, why are you telling me this? This is a talk about building online courses. Well, the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is because what I did is I took my challenges, I took my insecurities, my weaknesses, and I turned them into my strengths. And you can do it too, okay? So you can take your struggles and you can turn them into your power and then you can help other people. And this is a very important mindset shift, right? So if you struggle with something and you manage to get a few steps away, 
you make some type of change, you make progress, now we can help all of those people who are still there to learn. And this is something really important. A lot of people have limiting beliefs. They feel like, I don't have anything to teach. If you're in doubt, this is what you got to focus on. Now, speaking of which, most of your fears, most of your worst-case scenarios are just an illusion when you really think about it. And I want to start with this topic because I could just get right into how to choose a course platform, how to design your course, um, how to pick a topic. We're going to talk about all of this, but I feel like it's important to work on the foundation so you summon the courage to go out there and to release your course. And these are some of the most common questions people ask me. So one of the things people say is, Jimmy, I'm not the best in the world. Now, I always say that you don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to be better than your target audience. So again, if you had a challenge here, you can help those people to overcome the same challenge. So there is an ingredient that's way more important than being the best in the world, and it's relatability. Relate to, you have to be relatable. So my favorite example, let's say that you want to lose weight. Let's say you want to lose roughly 20 kilos. Who would you rather pick as your fitness trainer? Some bodybuilder with an amazing six-pack, massive muscles, crazy genetics, never suffered from any weight issues? Or would you rather pick someone who reminds you of yourself? Right? Someone, when you look at that person, you see yourself in them, and they managed to lose, say, 25 kilos over the last two years. Who would you rather pick, number one or number two? Number two, right? So everyone would rather pick number two. Does it mean that number two is better than number one? No. But it doesn't matter because we want to learn from people we can resonate with. In fact, sometimes what happens is when we try to learn from those who achieved a ridiculous success, right? Billionaires and millions of fans, they, they seem too far away. But if you see someone who is literally just a few steps ahead of you, now you realize, oh, wow, if that person managed to do it, maybe I can do it as well. So think about it. This is one of the biggest limiting beliefs holding people back. Second thing, I think you're going to like this one, and I think you're going to resonate with this. So people say, well, I have an accent. Why would anybody learn from me? The reality is that when you teach, most of your students will be non-natives, right? They're not native speakers. So oftentimes we have those limiting beliefs about our accent. What if I make a fool of myself? What if I mispronounce words? What if I do something stupid? But the reality is that when you have a different accent, well, most of your audience can resonate with that. And this makes you stand out. It makes you unique. You have to remember that your imperfections make who you are. They make you unique. Okay, this is so important. We often try to hide our imperfections, right? This is you with all your imperfections, your weaknesses, your insecurities, your failures. And what we try to do is we try to make that separation no, 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 I don't want this. So you try to push yourself away from it, right? And put those vulnerabilities over there. And then put some type of a mask and say, hey, what's going on? And pretend as if you have no issues, right? As if you are a perfect human being. But no one is perfect. Nobody is perfect. And people can see when you are wearing a mask. So we have to own those imperfections because, again, they will make you you. And I have to guarantee you, if you own your imperfections while creating video courses, people will love you for that because when they see you, they'll see themselves. Next one. Everything on this topic is already out there. Simple question. That's true. Everything is already out there, right? You probably didn't expect to hear this, but this is the reality. All the information is already out there. We can literally Google anything. But when people learn from us, it's not about information. Right? There's no longer, we are no longer in the information age. We are in the how-to economy. Remember that when people buy your courses, 
they're not just buying information. They're buying your guidance. They're buying your processes. They're buying your personality. So when you have a topic and you do your research and you realize a lot of people teach that topic, it doesn't matter because no one is like you. You are uniquely you, and this is what matters. Another thing, let's talk about not people not liking your content. This is one of the biggest limiting beliefs. What if I publish a course and people not like it? What if, what if people will reject me? What if people say that I'm stupid? Now, here's the thing. In reality, most people, well, not most people, but some people, some people will not resonate with your content. And that's fine. Now, statistically speaking, whenever I get on any stage, I know that statistically, the majority is like, okay, benefit of a doubt. Let's see what this guy can give me, right? Let's see how valuable this is going to be. I know that some people are like, wow, I'm loving this presentation. This is awesome. But also statistically speaking, I know that in any audience, there's usually someone, sometimes more people, who are looking at me thinking, hmm, I don't like it. I don't like his style. I don't like his beard. He's too loud. Maybe moves his hands too much, right? Sometimes we just don't like something and there's no reason for it. And that's okay because if you want to please everybody, you will not please anybody. So what you got to do is you got to figure out who is your audience and then you have to try to please your audience. Nobody else matters. And as long as you please your audience, everything's going to be fine. So speaking of which, speaking of those limiting beliefs, let's talk about the F word. Okay, very important. And then we're going to jump into FAQs. Let's talk about fear. Let's talk about fear. Because a lot of us, we literally live our lives seeking validation and approval, trying to be liked by everyone, not realizing that people are just too busy thinking about themselves. So whenever you have those limiting beliefs and you think, well, maybe I don't have what it takes. I want to release a course, but... I don't think I have what it takes. What if people will reject me? What if people will not like me? Remember that people are so busy thinking about themselves that if they don't like your content, they just move on. Like, I have a question for you. How many things do you remember? How many pieces of content do you remember from the last four weeks that you really didn't like? Like, how, like how many? You probably don't because you just move on, right? You go on Netflix. I don't like this one. Don't, don't like that one. You go on TED Talks. You don't resonate, you move on, right? You think about it yourself. Just right now, I could focus on potential rejection. I'm on a stage, right? As a speaker, you could always focus on the fact, well, what if some people here don't resonate, right? But again, you know, you are so busy thinking about the value for yourself, what you can get out of this for yourself, that you don't think about me that much. I could probably spill something on me. I could trip, and it doesn't matter as long as I give you value. Okay, so having said that, having done this foundational bit, we talked about the mindset, let's jump into the FAQs. So the first question, question number one, what to teach? Now, some of us are blessed to know exactly what we want to do in our lives, right? Little kid, hey, I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. I want to be that. Most of us are not that lucky, right? Most of us don't know. So if you know what you want to teach, great. If you don't know, I'm just going to give you a few pointers. So First of all, what I need you to know is that, as we discussed before, you can think about the challenges that you managed to overcome and teach certain strategies and techniques how to overcome those challenges to other people. That's number one. Now, another thing is that you always want to be passionate about what you teach. If you don't have the passion, people will be able to sense it. And when they sense it, they will give you bad ratings. And that's going to screw up the algorithm, right? So you got to have a passion. You have to be an expert. Now, as we discussed you don't have to be the biggest expert in the world, but you have to be an expert and you have to dig into your market. You have to figure out the market needs, especially if you want to make money, right? So you want to look at your competition. You want to see what they are doing. 
You want to see how well they are performing. Very important. Now, important thing, and this is crucial, is that we don't want to just, don't just want to sit down and overthink it, right? Don't just want to sit on the couch and, you know, ponder for another few weeks, few months, or few years what you should teach. What is the best way to go about it? Because then you will enter this paralysis by analysis. There's so many options, the paradox of choice. You're not sure if you should go left or right. So rather than taking action, it's always just to sit down and be like, okay, hmm, I'm not sure. Let me write down pros and cons list. And you keep doing it and doing it year after year, and you never publish anything. So if you are in doubt and you're not sure what you should publish, ask yourself a very simple question. What could I create that will impact my brand positively, right? If you are, for example, a graphic designer, maybe it's a course on graphic design, right? So people can see that you are really an expert in your field. If you are a coach, maybe pick a topic that you usually coach on and build a course around that, right? So then your clients can see, wow, that person is really an expert in that field. Super important, okay? So the next question. And this is something a lot of people ask me about, how to structure your course. What I want to do here is structuring the course can be really challenging. I know there are many ways to do it, but I want to simplify it for you. And this is something that has been working for me and a lot of other people from all over the world, okay? So you always want to have a promotional video. And this is something that a lot of people forget about, but the promo video is the most important video of your course. So in your promotional video, you want to tell people what they're going to get out of your course. What are the benefits? What they're going to learn? But you also want to introduce yourself. Now, rather than just talking about your accomplishments, you also want to add a bit of vulnerability. You want to create that blend so people on the one hand know that you are the best expert in the world, right? That's what they want to feel. But at the same time, they want to resonate with you, right? It's very important. Now, you want to tell people exactly what's going to happen in the course. And I always encourage people to give 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, some individuals tell me, well, why would I give people an option to get their money back? But I realize that when you do it, it increases the conversion rates ridiculously, right? So I sold well over half a million courses. I have 300,000 people on Udemy, but I sold over half a million courses. My refund rates are 1%. And literally every single person could get a refund, right? But when people like your content, when they resonate, they don't want their money back. And if you include it in your promo video people are more likely to sign up for your course. Now, you also can't forget about the intro and thank you videos, very important. In the thank you video, you can actually tell people what you want them to do. Or you can say, hey, thank you so much for taking this course. And by the way, there's another course you can take, or you can find me here, or you can sign up to whatever, right? So you can give people call to action. Now, here's an important thing. Rather than just dumping a bunch of videos into your course, you want to structure your course. You want to create sections. So sections are idea clusters. So imagine you have section one, and rather than having a ton of videos in there, you want to have anywhere between three to seven videos. Then you have section two, three to seven videos. Section three, three to seven videos. This way, it's easier for people to consume your content, right? It's more digestible, but also it feels more compelling when they are wondering whether they should buy your course. So imagine a situation, right? This is a good example. Imagine you go to the landing page and you see a course and you like the title, you like how it looks like, but when you look at the curriculum, you see only three different videos. Would you take that course? Probably not, right? Now, what if you saw that each video is 30 minutes long? Would it change anything? Maybe a little bit, right? Just a little bit. But a lot of you say, nah, nah, I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it, right? But here's the thing. Even if it's 
Free videos, 30 minutes long, total of 90 minutes. That's quite a lot of content, but it's not digestible. Who has the time to watch 30-minute videos? So now imagine reversing this. Imagine having 30 different videos, three minutes each, right? So for example, imagine you have five sections, six videos per section, right? Section one, six videos. Section two, six videos. Just visualize it. Now it looks like a course, right? Make sense? Now it looks compelling. So you want to break down your courses into sections. Now, there are exceptions, of course. You know, uh, MindValley, we have quests here. Quests look a bit differently. If you have a ton of content, you can do it a bit differently. But when you are getting started, this is the best way to go about it. All right, so let's talk about designing your curricula. Now, one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they want to start from the beginning and then arrive at the end. But you have to do it differently. It's counterintuitive, but you want to start with the end goal in mind. You want to ask yourself, first of all, okay, what is my topic? And we talked about choosing your topic. What is my topic? Based on your topic, now you want to ask yourself, what is my audience? What is my audience? This is something a lot of people forget about. A lot of people don't focus on their audience. They just find a topic and they start creating content. But you want to define your audience in excruciating detail. You want to ask yourself, what are the characteristics of my audience? What are their pain points? What are their challenges? What do they struggle with? Now, the second thing is, once you have your audience, you want to ask yourself, okay, what are the objectives of my course, right? What do I want to get out of this? What will I give to people? Once you have objectives, what you do now is you go into something that we can poetically call your brain dump, okay? So you take a, you take a notepad and you start asking yourself, Okay, so this is my topic, this is my audience, these are the objectives for the audience. So what are the topics I could possibly teach, right? What are the potential lectures, stories, what are experiences I can share, what are um, case studies, what are my personal examples, what are techniques, strategies, step-by-step uh, -step walkthroughs, right? So what you want to do is you literally want to do the brain dump. You want to ask yourself, what are all of the things I could teach about this topic? And at this stage, don't judge yourself. Just start writing all of those things down in your notepad. It may take you a few days. In fact, I recommend you do it for one day, you leave it, you sleep on it, then you add some more things, right? So once you do that, you will have a ton of clay, right? You may have like 40, 50, 100 different things in your notepad. And again, no judgment. You're not analyzing, oh, is this definitely correct? Maybe this is better. Maybe that. No, put everything in there. Now, once you do it, once you have that, now I want you to go through this and ask yourself, okay, so what are the potential lecture titles? Create draft lecture titles. Don't try to make it perfect. These are just drafts. So you want to write a list of potential lectures. Don't think about the order. Don't think about the structure. Don't overcomplicate it. Literally write down the potential lectures. And here's what you do now. And this is powerful. And, and this is something I've been using this for many years. A lot of other people have been using this. And you can also utilize it when designing speeches, when writing books, when doing any type of content. So what you do, you take blocks of paper, right? On each block of paper, you write section one, section two, section three, section four, right? However many sections you want to have. And you create some type of draft section titles, Okay. Again, sections are your idea clusters. If you don't know, if you're not sure, just write down section one, section two, section three, section four. That's enough for now. Now you put those paper on the floor, right? Section one, section two, section three, section four. Then what you do is you take post-it notes. You take your idea dump, your brain dump, and you move all those possible lecture pieces 
into separate post-it notes, okay? And then what you do is once you have a lot of post-it notes with different ideas, different possible lectures, you arrange them in front of you. And what's powerful about it is that it's very visual, but it's also very kinesthetic. You can move things around. You're like, ah, maybe I'll put this under lecture one, hmm, under section one. No, maybe not. I'll move it to section two. So you just move it. Maybe you see another possible lecture and you realize this is not relevant. Let me not use it. You just throw it away. Yeah. Maybe something is missing. Well, you take a clean paper and you just add it in there and then you position it in your curriculum and you just keep playing like this, right? You keep playing around. You can move things around and eventually you come up with a curriculum. FAQ number four. So what is the best platform? This is one of the most common questions. People are really confused. They say, well, there's so many platforms. How can I possibly choose? And the terrible thing is that a lot of people get so confused that they end up being paralyzed, right? They just don't know how to pick, so they don't do anything. So I'm going to give you some different types of platforms. People ask me, which platform is the best? But I can't tell you which platform is the best unless I know what are your needs, why you want to pick certain platform, what you want to accomplish with your courses. So here's a very basic breakdown, okay? So we've got platforms that give you a lot of control, okay? For example, Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi, those platforms give you a ton of control. You can create your own pricing model. You, you run your promotions. You can f- completely customize your landing pages. You can capture all the email addresses. It's completely up to you. However, they don't have a marketplace, okay? They don't have any students. So you have to get your own students. So unless you have a student base, unless you have a big following, that can be a little bit tricky for a lot of people, Okay. But then you have those platforms that have a marketplace, like Udemy, right? So you get access to over 50 million people, and these are potential buyers of your course. But then the problem is that those platforms like Udemy don't give you that much control, right? So that's another problem. So you kind of got to pick, right? We cannot have everything. Now, also, you've got those elite platforms like masterclass.com, like Mindvalley. So how do you pick? How to decide? So I'm going to simplify it for you, right? Especially for those of you who never build a course. If you have an audience, you have a ton of flexibility. You can use Udemy, you can use Thinkific, you can use Kajabi. You know, those platforms are non-exclusive, so you can publish the same course on different platforms. Okay, that's easy, right? Because you have an audience. But if you don't have an audience, if you don't want to deal with online marketing, you don't want to build funnels, you don't want to dump a bunch of money into Facebook ads, well, the easy way to start is to go on Udemy. Right? Because you have an audience. And if at some point you decide, you know what, now I have an audience, we can always publish it elsewhere. Now, there's also a hybrid model where you can publish, for example, a two-hour course on Udemy, and then you can publish a much longer course on Teachable or Kajabi or Thinkific and charge more for it. But if you're in doubt, and again, this is this concept of just getting started, right? not overthinking it. If you are in doubt, just publish a 45-minute course for free and put it everywhere. Put it on YouTube, put it on Facebook, Instagram, put it on Udemy, put it on Teachable, put it everywhere. Collect email addresses, get started, okay? This is the best, the easiest way to go about it. Then you get your feet wet and you learn so much in the process. Now you can actually publish bigger and better courses. But don't allow that perceived complexity to hold you back, right? Next question, how to film a course, okay? I want to talk very briefly about it because this is actually really simple. So roughly six years ago, I brainwashed my father and my brother 
to build an online course. They're like, ah, no, why would I do it? I'm like, come on, you got to do it. And it took me a lot of brainwashing. But eventually, they, they gave in and they said, okay, we're going to do it. Now, they created a course with iPhone 4. Those iPhones you can find in museums now, right? A tiny little iPhone, right? So they, they got like $20 mic. They built a course. It became a bestseller. Can I believe in that? It became a bestseller. So that propelled them to buy a bit of equipment, not too expensive. They kept building courses. Now my dad is rocking it. Over 100,000 people. Crazy, right? And he started, he was 50 years old when he got started. Okay, so nowadays it's so easy. We have those incredible phones. Even $20 microphones are great. No excuses, you can build a course yourself. But there's another option, a handshake agreement. You can basically do a value exchange. Find somebody who knows how to film, who knows how to edit, and you help them. You share your gift with them, and in return, they help you with filming. You can do that as well. I've done this before. It's awesome. You don't have to pay anything. And the last option, well, you can do what I do now. You can just pay people. And the cool thing about it is you pay him. Then I have a team that edits everything in the Philippines and Bali as well. They edit, and I don't have to worry about percentages. I don't have to worry about favors. It's nice and clean. So you can also use a hybrid model where, for example, you film yourself, but you outsource the editing or vice versa. So what I'm trying to say is I wanted to tackle this because there's so much confusion around it, but it's easy right? You just have to pick and just get started. But either way, it's easy. It shouldn't take much time. Make a decision, bam, move into it and make it happen. Okay, number six. What's the biggest mistake people make? The biggest mistake people make is that they don't focus enough on the pre-launch and launch strategy, right? They dump a course and they assume, well, I put it in there, people will come. It doesn't work like that, okay? So a couple of things to consider. And by the way, I'm, I'm aware that just this could be a separate lecture, right? I'm just trying to collate different things so you leave this room and you have more clarity, all right? So I want to give you a couple of things. First of all, your marketing starts today. If you don't have an email list, start building it right away. If you haven't optimized your social media, start today. Do all of those things because you want to make sure that you build your brand now so when you release your course later, you will have buyers ready. Now, you also want to cultivate your inner circle, right? So, when you launch a course, you want to give early access to people in your circle because what's going to happen is they're going to give you early feedback. And unless you have some psycho friends, right, that feedback will be five stars, right? So they're going to leave you some ratings and they're going to give you, give you real feedback that you can use in order to improve your courses. And this is so important because it's all about constant improvements, right? You want to keep improving, keep improving, adding bonuses. And this is how you build a powerful course business. My question is, what is your gift? What is the gift that you have inside? Because when you don't share your gift with the world, you're not just depriving yourself of a lot of different opportunities. You're also depriving other people of the opportunity to learn from you. Think about it, right? You're depriving others of the opportunity to learn from you. So the final thing I want to leave you with, because people ask me about this, what is the best time to start? Yellow light. That's how it always looks like. It never turns green. Like we keep waiting. Oh, oh, it was red, now it's yellow. It's gonna be green soon. And then the next thing you know, you get older and older and you never take any action, right? We all do that. So we are stuck in this perpetual draft mode. And this is a problem. So you will never feel truly ready, but because you don't feel truly ready, doesn't mean that you are not ready. Two completely different things, right? We may not feel ready to do something, but it doesn't mean that we are not ready. And something tells me that you are here because you know, first of all, that you have a gift in you, 
right? You feel it. You know you have something in you. It's waiting to be released. You feel it. It's here and you want to get it out. You know you can help a lot of people. You know you have a gift to share, but you're stuck and you're limiting beliefs and you hesitate and all the internal drama. And I want you to realize that you will not feel ready, but you are ready. You are ready. So now is your time to be bold, to go out there and to share that gift with the world. Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.